happy. The Word of God this morning, want to turn there, read along with us. We'll be in the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 2. Appreciate the goodness of the Lord, a good week in Him. And uh, once again, allowing us the privilege to gather together in His house today. Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. When you found your place, if you're able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Mark chapter 2, very familiar scripture and record here, no doubt, in the Word of God. We'll read into your hearing, but this is where the Lord has dealt with my heart about the service this morning. Mark chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum. After some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. They come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. When they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. There were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies, who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk? but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, and took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, And glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. We read these verses here in Mark chapter 2. And a somewhat familiar record, I think, in the Word of God. We've probably all heard uh, this story, this account preached on or taught on or mentioned about the Lord healing this man that these four men carried to him. But as I was praying and pondering and meditating about the service today and the Word of God, the Lord began to deal in my heart about this Scripture and I began to think about it and meditate on it as was mentioned in the Sunday school hour this morning and what my heart kept being drawn to and what I want to preach on this morning, God will help me for just a few minutes from these verses is the last 
phrase in verse number 12 where the multitude, when the sick of the palsy gets up and uh, takes up his bed and walks before them all, the Bible said, that they glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. That's what I want to preach on this morning. We never saw it on this fashion. Now, I thought about there have been some services that I've been in that I have thought to myself and maybe even some that I've made mention of or said it out loud, I never saw it like this. And that's what the multitude was saying. We have never saw it quite like this. In the Gospel of Luke, this same story is recorded in chapter number 5. And Luke records it this way, that the multitude said, We have seen strange things today. The word strange there in Luke's Gospel, it means uncommon or unexpected. It's where we get our word wonderful. They said we have seen wonderful things today. Well, that's what they're really saying. It's no contradiction in the Word of God. That's what they're saying here in the Gospel of Mark when they said we have never saw it on this fashion. We have never seen anything quite like this before. But the Lord began to deal with my heart about why it is, what brought the multitude to say that they had never seen it like this. They had never saw it on this fashion or that they had seen strange things today. What was it that made them say this? And if you'll bear with me for just a minute, I really think that we'll get somewhere if the Lord will help us this morning and maybe it will help us today as we've assembled together in the house of God. It's not the fact that this is the first time that the Lord has done miracles in their presence. It's not the first time He's been in Capernaum. For we read and started off the reading this morning, the Bible said in verse number 1, and again he entered into Capernaum. Matter of fact, we could go back to Mark chapter 1 and find out that about verse 21, he enters into Capernaum and he goes into the synagogue and there comes a man with an unclean spirit and before them all, he rebukes the unclean spirit and it comes out of him. And then the record goes on that they brought him, uh, that all the city was amazed uh, that he had heard, that they preached to them, they heard his doctrine, and they were amazed that he taught them uh, and preached to them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Uh, they understood his message was different. His doctrine was different. This man was different. And so uh, the Bible said that his fame uh, spread throughout the whole country and the whole city many gathered to him and they brought many that were sick, many that were diseased, many that were possessed with devils and the Bible said he healed them all. So this is not their first experience with the power of the Lord. This is not their first time of being in a multitude of people that has gathered together for the Lord. So what is it that makes them say we have never saw it on this fashion? 
Well, I think as I began to read through the scriptures and the Holy Ghost began to deal with my heart and I've never seen it quite like this as far as the scripture goes. And so it's helped my heart and I hope that it helped yours today. But I think that the circumstance, not just the miracle of what the Lord did for this man, but I think the circumstances and all the details that the scripture records for us is what caused this people of what caused this multitude to say we never saw it on this fashion. I think number one, I'm just going to give it to you the way the Lord began to give it to me last night and then again this morning. It was like it was new again and I appreciate the Lord doing that in my heart. I, I really am glad to be in the house of God this morning. And I want to preach this morning. It's in my heart. I sat there on the pew and I thought, boy, it's a welling up in me. It's been a day or two since I just wanted to preach. There's nothing in all under God's heaven when you've been called to preach then to have the want to and the desire to preach for the glory of God and for the help of the people of God and I thought about here they were I think when they looked out and saw this multitude they had never seen a multitude quite like this before now I want to tell you where I, I think the, the Lord began to speak to my heart but he takes you to the scriptures Lord, don't say anything contrary to His Word. And so it began to speak to my heart that they had never seen a multitude quite like this before. And it took my heart to Mark chapter 1 where the Bible said the whole city was gathered at the door of the house of Simon where the Lord was. But there was never any mention even though the whole city was there that there was no room for them. But now we're in Mark chapter 2. And the Bible said it was noise that he was in the house. The record went out, this man that was here some days ago, this man that did all that we told you he did, he's back. And the Bible said, and straightway, not just the city, it must not have just been a Capernaum, but it must have been all of the cities round about. And straightway, many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. That does not mean, now you hear me this morning, that does not mean they all couldn't get in the house. We know that's an evident fact, but it never records. I have preached before, but I think I'm right. If I've studied the Scriptures and tried to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, it never mentions in Mark chapter 1 that they ever came in the house. They just stood at the door. And he used the house to preach to them and to work his miracles out of. And it never records in Mark chapter 2 that they come in the house, but there were so many people that they couldn't get in here in shock of what he had to say, and they could not receive him. Now, what a miracle that the group of people is looking, and they're saying, We've never seen this many people so interested in one man. We've never seen these many people so desiring to get where one man is. It's, we have seen something we've never seen before. I thought about here we are 
in 2022 in the church world. And I wonder what the world is looking on and seeing about us if there's a desire. I'm not talking about the multitude as far as how many people are there. And I don't know that that really was what was so amazing was the amount of people. But it was that the desire to get where he was. That was everybody's only desire was to get where Jesus was. And I wonder in these days as the church if that's our only desire is to get where he is. And they said we've never seen it like this before. We never saw people that would push over one another and try to do whatever they had to do to get where this man is. Wondering these days how important is it to us to get where the Lord is. I thought about if they are coming from other lands. They didn't have what we have today. It wasn't hop in a car and push a button. You don't even have to have a key anymore. But hop in a car and push a button and turn on the air conditioning when it's 80 degrees outside and ride in comfort to the church house and come in. I'm not preaching against all that. Thank God for His blessings. But these people, they were willing to walk. They were willing to ride their camels, ride their horses, ride their donkeys, to take time out of their day or days to travel and get where it was. It was that important to them and to get where he was. Is it that? I understand that we ought to have and can have and should have a personal walk with him outside these four walls. The church is not the building. The church is the body of Christ. But you also understand that the Lord instituted the local New Testament church and the Lord chose through the church to do His work. And so when we come to the church, it's not that we're coming to see or be seen. Thank God for fellowship. I want to see you. I want to be around you. It makes my life happy. It makes me happy on the inside to see you and to see your happiness and joy in being in the house of God, but the ultimate reason that we come is to get where He is. And they said we have never seen a multitude of people that's in one mind and one accord. Nobody was arguing. Nobody was bickering. Nobody had a different agenda. They were just there to see Jesus. I'm afraid in these days we come together in the house of God and everybody's got their own agenda. Everybody wants to do this and somebody else wants to do that. And there's division and there's strife. But I'm telling you, our one focus, our one goal, our one agenda is to get to where we can see Him again. They didn't argue. It's not recorded in the Bible. I'm just preaching how the Lord put it on my heart. They didn't argue about the fact maybe there was some in the crowd, uh, Brother Tim, that were there the last time. I don't read in the Bible where they said, you've seen him last time. It's my turn. They didn't fuss about it. They didn't fight about it. Didn't bother them who was there. Didn't bother them who wasn't there. All they wanted to do was to get where he was. We spend our days worrying. And I understand there ought to be a concern. You don't have to... Don't mislabel what I'm preaching this morning. There should be a concern and there is a concern when you're not here and we miss you and I understand all that. But I'm saying the main reason we come is not about who's there and it's not about who's not there and it's not about what that one's doing or this one's doing. But it's about Him and getting where He is. 
I think that's what the multitude saw. I think that's the statement that was made. We have never seen this many people so focused on one thing that nothing else mattered but this man called Jesus. I wonder what the world sees when they look at the church today. I'm afraid I know what they see. They see a lot of division and a lot of strife and a lot of arguing and a lot of backbiting and a lot of gossiping and a lot of fighting and a lot of feuding and a lot of fussing. But I'm telling you, they'd probably look at the church and say we never saw it like this. If we could get where this multitude was and that the only thing that mattered to us was that we are where He is. That's all that mattered to them. They didn't fuss about whose house he was in. Matter of fact, if I read my Bible right, it doesn't even tell us whose house he's in. It does in Mark chapter 1. He enters in the house of Simon and Andrew where their mother lay sick of a fever. We do get record of that. But in Mark chapter 2, it just said he was. it was noise that he was in the house. And they didn't argue whose house he was in. They didn't sit at home and say, well, he didn't come to my house. If he had come to my house, I'd go where he's at. They didn't argue and say, if he was on the west side of the city, I'd go there. Or if he was on the east side of the city, I'd go there. It didn't matter to them. The only thing that mattered to them was that he was there, and that's where they wanted to be. We get into days today in the church and I don't know why the Lord wants this this morning, but I know He does. And I don't understand why we get to the place if it ain't just how we want it or just how we think it ought to be, then we get our feelings hurt. And I'm not belittling, I'm not preaching at you, I'm not preaching mean this morning, but I'm telling you the reason we have so much church trouble in the day and hour we live in is it's not really all about Him. When it becomes about us, even a fraction of it about us, it brings in strife and it brings in division and feelings get hurt. But if we'll major on Him and make it all about Him, it'll work every time. It did in this scripture, it will today. If it was more than one city, I mean, you know in one city, people living together in one city have different ideas and different opinions. But we're talking about probably numerous cities. But it's not recorded that they fuss and fight all they're interested in is seeing Him. And I think that's part of the reason the multitude said we never have saw it on this fashion. I mean, everybody that's there, they're not talking about what went wrong today. They're not talking about what they're going to do next week. They're not interested in all that. They're hinging on every word that he says. I'm going to tell you when we come to the house of God, and I'm talking about when service starts now. It's not about what we did yesterday, not about what we're going to do tomorrow, and not about all our plans and all our dreams and all our aspirations. But I pray around here, at least in my own life, I can only deal with me. I want everything in the service to hinge on every word that the Lord says. Not what I say, but what He says. Let's get back to the place again where it's all about Him. And if it's all about Him, the world will take notice and they'll have to say, we've seen strange things today. But I think not only did they say it about the multitude, but I think they said it about these men that carried this sick man 
to the Lord. Here comes four men. And they got a man on a bed. One of the Gospels calls it a couch. It's on a stretcher. It's what we would call it. And they're carrying him. He can't carry himself. He can't bring himself. So these four men have agreed together that they will carry their corner in order to get this man to the Lord. Apparently they love and care for this man a great deal. And it's not recorded that they ever say that they love this man. They don't have to say that they love this man. They show that they love this man. By everything they go through, all the obstacles that they're willing to overcome shows and demonstrates that they love this man. I want to say the multitude probably thought we've never seen four men love a man like these men do. We've never seen four men so determined to get somebody to the Lord like these men are. I wonder in these days when the world looks on on the church, I wonder if they see that we love one another. I wonder if they see that we love them. That we are determined to get whoever it may be that we love and care about to the Lord. Matters not the obstacle. Matters not what we have to overcome. The Bible said they they come, these four men bringing one who was sick of the palsy when they could not come in for the press. They climbed up on the roof and took up the roof and let him down through the tiling to get him to the Lord. Because they knew nobody could help this man but the Lord. Now I've said in days gone by, and the Lord really dealt with my heart about it. I've said nobody could help this man like the Lord, but there ain't nobody could help this man but the Lord. Nobody else could help him at all. Oh, they might could give him a little money. Oh, they might could buy him something to eat. They might could have kept him at their house. They might could have carried him where he needed to go. But in reality, it never fixed his condition. It never helped his condition at all. It's in the same shape that it was before they came along. And these men understood that there was no help for him apart from the Lord. And so they were determined to get him to the Lord. But they also understood, I want you to hear me this morning, they also understood that it was going to take combined effort on all their parts to get him to the Lord. They understood they were all going to have to carry their corner. The ones in the front couldn't let down on their corner because the ones in the back couldn't do it by themselves. They had to have each other. And they didn't argue. It's not in the Scripture. They didn't go where this man was and put him on the bed. I don't know how they carried the bed. If they carried it by the bed, if they had ropes, apparently somewhere they got some ropes to let the bed down from the roof. I don't know how they carried it, but they all had their corner. And when they met together where this man was, I don't read anywhere where there was an argument about who got the front and who got the back, who got to left and who got to right. They just picked up their corner and willing to do their part and to get this man to the Lord. I don't read anywhere where along the journey one said, hey, 
My corner's heavier than yours. I need to swap. They just did their part and carried their corner. And no doubt, I don't know. I'm just kind of reading in between the lines. I don't think I'm doing any discredit to the Scriptures. I don't know how far they had to travel to get to the Lord. I don't know how far they had to carry this man. But you can understand and guarantee that along the journey somebody's corner got heavy. And I don't think they argued about it. I think instead of arguing the other three, realized that maybe one was getting a little weak and so they just put a little bit more effort into it to help carry the Lord of the one that was trying and the one that was struggling because they knew in a few more steps it might be them that was struggling and them that was trying and their load that was getting heavy and they brought the other three to do the same for them they just cooperate together they were in unity together and it paid off in the end we're in a day I'm so thankful Uh, The Lord has uh, uh, somewhat again overwhelmed my heart this morning about what we have around here. And I'm not glorifying us. I'm not glorifying you. I'm not glorifying me. I'm not glorifying the building or the assembly. But I'm glorifying Him. It's everything because of Him. The multitude came, you'd think, as I'm preaching this morning, that maybe by saying the multitude and these men were part of the reason they were so astonished. You'd think I'm taking away from Him. But in reality, it's magnifying Him. For you see, the multitude would not have been there had it not been for Him. And these four men would have not done what they did had it not been for Him. The Bible said when Jesus saw their faith, it doesn't say anything about the sick man's faith, it said He saw their faith. I'm so grateful for what the Lord's given us. I thought about this morning as we come in and had the Sunday school hour and it's a wonderful lesson this morning. I appreciate the Lord and the obedience of the Sunday school teacher. And then folks started coming in and the preaching hour and uh, folks were talking, it's time to start and I wasn't going to interrupt uh, nobody and people can follow out with me if they want to. Other preachers can do it however it's on them and pastors can follow uh, the direction for their place. Uh, but the Lord's put me here and wow, everybody was fellowshipping and it's just doing my heart good uh, to know that everybody was so overwhelmed and overjoyed and just happy to be in the house of God. Uh, we weren't fussing about who was in the front. We ain't arguing about who's in the back. Uh, we're not worried about who's on the left or right. Uh, some of you are here this morning and I know beyond a shadow of doubt uh, uh, your load's getting heavy and your corner's getting weighty uh, and you feel like giving up uh, but thank God uh, for some other people uh, some men and women who sensitize uh, and sense the feelings of the others uh, and they just pick up a little bit more weight uh, knowing that in the future it may be them it's just our job uh, to carry our corner. And as these men come, I'm going to tell you something. There ain't no kind, I'm not being disrespectful, I'm just preaching this morning, but there ain't no kind of weight like dead weight. 
If you've ever tried to lift somebody that can't lift their self, can't help their self, not only if I study my Bible right and understand this palsy business right, it was not just that his legs were affected, but his whole body was affected. He was unable to help himself. About all he could do was lay there. And so the weight did get heavy. But thank God for some men who were so determined to get him to the Lord. That they could cooperate together. <clears throat> no doubt if it's if it was in their day like it is in ours. Now I'm just preaching between the lines because the Lord said I could. He's putting it on my heart. I think about there's probably more than one way to get there. There's probably more than one route in the city to get this man to the Lord, but they never did argue. It's not recorded. Somebody might have said we need to take this route. And even though the others thought another route might have been better, they just said, okay, if that's what you think, that's the way we'll go. And they just carried their corner. But we're in the days today in the church where everybody wants to fuss and growl and bite and backbite and gossip and talk. I'm telling you, it was read this morning in our scripture in the Sunday school we're to speak evil of no man. If we can't say anything good, we ought not say anything at all. It does a detriment to us, a detriment to them, a detriment to our children and it's dishonoring to our Lord that we ought to just pick up our corner and carry the weight knowing that when we reach the end result it'll be worth it all. See, I think that's what drove these men. I think that was the driving force. I think that was the motivation. It didn't matter to them how many back roads they took. It didn't matter to them which corner they carried. It didn't matter to them how heavy the load. They knew if they could ever get where Jesus was, it was going to be different. I'm going to tell you in these days as we come together and assemble together when people have weights and they have loads and burdens, I thank God for a church that will rally around one another and pray and help carry the load. And the driving force behind it is not a pat on the back. The driving force behind it is not to say, well, it's because I prayed. The driving force behind it is that when we get where the Lord is and He works in the situation, it will be different than it was. So I want to say to you this morning that are weary and feel like your corner's getting heavy, you just hang on to it. We're all in this thing together. I wonder if on down to, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us anything about these men. It does not tell us their names. It doesn't tell us, Brother Jordan, where they come from. It don't tell us their age. They might not have all been the same age. There might have been an old man with three young men. We don't know. But that old man might have got weary. And he might have turned around and said, Boys, I don't know how much longer I can carry my corner. And they said, Just hang on. Don't let go. We'll pick up the slack. We'll carry a little bit more weight. Don't give up. You know that at the end, when we get him to Jesus, it'll make all all the difference in the world. And so if you're here this morning and your corner's getting heavy and you feel like saying, I'm going to give up, I'm going to let it go. Would you hear me this morning? Don't let go of your corner. Some of us are strong this morning. Let us pick up the slack. It's going to come a day that we're going to be weak and we're going to be weary and we'll need you, my brother or sister, to pick up our slack and let's stay in it together when we get to the Lord. It'll be worth it all. 
Now I think when these men come down the road, now if I'm reading my Bible right, it meant that before they ever got to the house, they was already going through a host of people. And so it wasn't that the multitude, Brother Jacob, took notice just when they got to the house. But in, the, in my mind's eye, the way I've got it pictured in my heart, Brother John, I see multitudes gathered for miles and miles and miles. And they're having to push their way through. And as they walk by, it doesn't just start when they get to the house. See, that's the problem in our day. Everybody wants to pick up their corner when they get to the house. But they took notice of these men as they walked down the road. Miles and miles they ever got there they said there's something different about these men they're not arguing they're not fussing they're not griping they're not complaining they're just doing their best maybe as they walk by big old beads of sweat was falling off of them in the heat and under the load but they kept on going and the multitude said we never saw it on this fashion that these men would cooperate and get this man to the Lord That's the end result, ain't it? To get it to the Lord. To get them to the Lord. If it's a per- it don't have to be a person. It may be a problem on your stretch of bed this morning. It may be a, a persecution on your stretch of bed this morning. It may be something you can't handle on your stretch of bed this morning. And the end result, the end goal is to get whatever it is to the Lord. And for miles and miles, as these men walked. And if it was on that day, like it was for the woman with the issue of blood, it wasn't an easy trek. It was not just walk one step and one step and one step. It wasn't like military marching left, 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 right, left. But it was go this way and dodge around this one and push your way through this crowd and ask permission to get around this one and go down this lane to get away from the crowd. Come back up this way to get in the crowd and go this way and go. But they were determined whatever it took, they knew they had to get this man to the Lord. And I think they were part of the reason that the crowd said we never saw it on this fashion. I wonder what the crowd sees when they look in on us this morning. I wonder if they see some of these men that we are reading about this morning in Mark chapter 2 that we just carry our corner. And it it doesn't mean that it days it don't get heavy. It does not mean in days they didn't want to give up. It does not mean in days they thought about giving up. Or maybe even talked about giving up. Maybe they even turned to the others and said, I can't do it anymore. But thank God for some others that said, just hang on, we're almost there. And I'm going to tell you in these days, and I'm just going to preach this morning because it's on my heart, and it's a bold and strong in me. I'm t- I understand I'll preach against sin if the Lord tells me to. I'm going to try my best. I'm not perfect. I miss the mark. I fail. I come up short every day and so do you. But there are times I don't preach what I'm supposed to preach and I miss the will of God. But I'm trying my best to follow Him. And if He says to preach on sin, I'll preach on sin because we need it in this day. But I'm going to tell you there's been a lot of neglect about encouraging the saints and the fact that we're in the last days 
and there's some that feel like giving up and when they say I'm going to give up and the church just tells them to go ahead or tells them they ain't worth much or tells them they ought not to feel that way all the while on the inside some others feel the same way and we have become a self-righteous bunch of people and it's not about how hard we can preach and it's not about how mean we can preach but we ought to be doing our best to help one another carry the load and the end result is to get it to the Lord. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lord help me this morning I'm going to tell you about some of these Lord help tell you about some of these that want to get up and blast everything every time something's wrong somewhere and the majority of the time if we'd be honest and I'm not preaching mean toward them I'm just being honest this morning a lot of the times when everybody wants to get up and blast everybody else it's because they're the ones feeling like giving up and it's been ingrained in them we ought not feel that way. But the reality of the Word of God is we're going to feel that way. If we weren't going to get weary, why would the Holy Ghost have told Paul to tell us not to be weary and well-doing? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That was Paul's way of exhorting the people of knowing that they were weary and telling them that it would pay off after a while. And if we follow our flesh sometimes, I'm talking about us preachers. And I know I'm the only one in the building, so I'm just preaching myself. If we follow our flesh, it's real easy to get up and blast everything we see. But what it doesn't do is that one come to the house of God this morning and about ready to let go of their side of the corner. They leave out in worse shape than they came because instead of following God, we followed our flesh. And there have been times, I'll confess, that people in the building, maybe other preachers that came, influenced the way I preach. And that's to my shame and I've got forgiveness for it. It ain't about impressing other preachers. It ain't about impressing the crowd. It ain't about telling you what you want to hear. But it's about following God Somebody may be ready to let go of their corner this morning. And the Lord knows. And He sent me as feeble as I am and as little as I am to help me this morning to tell you not to give up and not to let go. The end's in sight. Yes, sir, and He sent me this morning to tell some of you that are strong this morning to pick up the slack. And I don't mean that hateful. And I don't mean you have been around me long enough to know I'm not going to preach mean spirited if I can help it at all. I'd rather close my Bible and sit down. It doesn't profit anybody, anything. There's more damage than it does good. But I'm telling you, by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, if you feel strong this morning, pick it up a little. There's somebody that's about to let go. And we can't afford to let go because the Lord's so near. I thought about the Lord got deal in my heart. I thought about what would we read? What would the story be if one of these men let go? We probably wouldn't have the story we have this morning. But you can guarantee they felt like giving up. And I don't know if it come from within or from without. I do read my Bible where the Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord.
And you can encourage yourself. Uh, that meditating that was being talked about in the Sunday school hour this morning, that's a form of encouragement. And it'll encourage yourself in the Lord. Uh, but I believe we also are come together. We are assembled together. I called it this morning to exhort one another. And so much the more, more of exhortation, not more of assembling, more of exhorting as we see the day approaching. Thank God there was some encouragement. I don't know where it come from. Might have come from both places. Might have been something down on the inside when that one said, I can't do it no more. Something on the inside said, just hang on. It's almost over. You're almost there. Have you ever felt like giving up? And it wasn't that somebody said it to you, but there was somebody and it spoke it down in here and you heard it as clear and you might have said it, say, just hang on. It's going to be okay. There have also been days, I believe with all my heart, and you'll not persuade me of anything different, that it was ordained of God for me to be in this place at that moment and some child of God testify or some child of God come by where I was and put their arm around me and tell me they love me and they appreciate me and they're praying for me. It's not about me. God put them in that place because I felt like giving up. And it, it might not have boosted my strength right then. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes we overrun God and we think that it's all supposed to magically change. It might not have made me where I could carry all four corners. That wasn't what God intended anyway. Sometimes I'm afraid we miss the mark of what God's doing in our life and we feel like God ought to give us the strength to carry all four corners. That never was the purpose in the first place. But God can give us the strength to carry our corner. And God can give us the strength to pick up the slack for the others that are struggling with their corner. But it's never about us carrying all four corners. If it was, it'd be all about us. But it's not all about us. It's all about Him. And when we can all come together and know it's all about Him. These four men didn't carry their corner for them. They didn't even really carry their corner for Him. They carried their corner for Him because they knew it would take Him for their corner to make any difference. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was not that them carrying the corner made the difference. He made the difference. They had to carry the corner to give the man to him so that the Lord could make the difference. Not that the Lord needed them, but the Lord had ordained and chose for them to carry the corner to get this man to the Lord. The Lord's God. He can do anything He wants to. He could have. We read in the Scriptures where He vanishes out of their sight. We read in the scriptures where he walks through the wall, no door being open. Don't you think that the Lord could have went from Capernaum to where this man was just like that? But he didn't choose to do it that way. He chose to let these four men carry their corner to get this man to the Lord. You say, why did the Lord do that? Well, I can give you my thoughts. I think the Lord did it for two reasons. I think the Lord did it to bring these four men closer together. And I'm going to tell you what carrying somebody else's or helping carry somebody else's corner will do. When you get that, that couch to the Lord, it'll bring you and that person closer together. It will unite the body. But I also thank the Lord let these four men carry their corner so that they could be a testimony to all them people they passed on their way to the Lord 
that if they would bring their burden, if they would bring their person, if they would bring their problem, if they would bring their storm, oh, the Lord might get heavy. And there may be days you feel like giving up. But if you ever get it to the Lord, it'll fix it all. And I think when these four men come down the road, I'm just preaching. I'm not trying to add anything to the Bible. I think the, the talk started miles down the road. You ever uh, played that? We, I, I'm a school principal, so I know all these little games you know, that kids play. And we do still play a lot at my school, not, not knocking other schools, but they still know how to imagine and all that stuff. And play that game telephone, you know, where it starts on somebody says something and the word spreads and travels and it never does end up like it was to begin with. But that's not what I'm preaching about this morning. I think way back yonder, four or five miles down the road, word started, we ain't never seen it like this. And they told the person in front of us, look at them boys, we ain't never seen it like this. And the next one said it, and the next one said it. And before long, the whole multitude says, we've never saw it like this before. All because the Lord used four men to bring this man to the Lord. Then I want to say, and I'm about done. I think they said we never saw it on this fashion. Not just because of the multitude, not just because of these men, but I think because of the message they heard. I don't know that they'd ever heard it quite like that before. The Bible said they gathered together and there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And the Holy Spirit wanted us to know that He, talking about the Lord, the Word, He's not just the Lord. He's the Word. But the Bible said He preached the Word unto them. And just like they said over yonder in the last chapter, they, they took knowledge. They said He teaches like one who has authority and not as the scribes. They said there's something different about this man. And now He's preaching You say, what did he preach? Well, I don't know what all he preached, but the Holy Ghost let us in on part of it. And this is where he put my heart. He said, Son, when they let that man down on the bed, they thought he'd say, Get up. He didn't start there. He said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And apparently the whole crowd heard it. Because the scribes were there and the Pharisees said, wait a minute, who can forgive sins but God only? You getting what I'm saying this morning? He's preaching to them that He is God and that He has power to forgive sins. For He said, what's easier? The Bible said He knew in Himself I don't think the scribes and the Pharisees said it vocally. I think they said it within themselves. And he knew it. And he turns to them and addresses them and said, what's easier? For me to say, thy sins be forgiven thee? Or for me to tell him to get up, take his bed and walk? He said, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. See, they've been looking for this man. They've been wanting this man to come. They didn't want him to come like he came, but he is there and he is preaching a message to them that he is the Christ and that he has the power to forgive sins. He said, so you'll know. So to remove all doubt, he said, I say unto you, the sick of the palsy, 
Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way. And they said, we ain't never heard a message like that before. Now I'm going to tell you something. I'm just preaching how the Lord put it on my heart. We come to the house of God sometimes, and we think, well, I'm just being honest, I'm saying we. Sometimes we come and think, what more is there to know? What more is there to hear? What's the use in going? We all have them days. We might as well be honest. They had heard him preach before. He preached to them in Capernaum before. But they had never heard the message like this before. There are times that you might come in, because I know how I've been from experience, that you might come in and I stand behind the pulpit and call out a scripture and it might run through your mind. What more is there to hear? I've already heard this. And then the Lord does what He does. See, I'll be honest with you. I'll confess. The Bible said confess your faults. Don't say confess your sins. That ain't nobody's business. You and the Lord. But your faults. And I'll confess my faults this morning. When the Lord brought my heart to this scripture, I thought, Lord, I've preached on this many times. What more could you want me to say? But I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I ain't never preached it like this. And it ain't me. It's Him. See, we, we have this concept, and it's a misguided concept. And I want you to understand me this morning. I am really not a preacher. I am a preacher, but I'm not a preacher. I'm just a vessel. He's the preacher. And if he don't do the preaching, there won't be none done. That's right. I don't know why he chose me. You might sit in your seat and wonder why too. Just join along with me. I'm still trying to figure it out why he would call somebody like me, but I know that he did. And I want to do my best how to be the vessel that he could preach through me and that maybe somebody in the congregation, not because of me, it ain't about me, but they need to hear something they've never heard quite like that before. That's what these people were saying. We've never heard a message like that before. But then the miracle. They've seen miracles before. They've seen him now. We're not told specifically, but we're told about some that were diseased and sick. In chapter 1, no doubt there were probably some lame folks that he made walk. There were sick folks that he made better. Lepers that he cleansed. Blind that he made to see. Deaf that he made to hear. Maybe even some with palsy that he healed. But this is the only record where the Lord specifically tells the man, now here's come these four men, and they, they, they have carried his bed as a testimony to the multitude. But now the Lord has answered the prayer. That's how you want to say it. He has moved on their object. He has met their need. See, it wasn't just his need. It must have become their need. They had the need for him as well because they were willing to carry the couch there. And now the Lord tells this man to rise and take up his own bed 
and go his way. And he arose and took up his bed and went forth before the... Now I want you to... See, this is part of that part. Never had seen it like this. The Bible said he arose and took up his bed and went forth before them all. You say, what does that mean, preacher? I don't know what it means to you. I don't know what other preachers may say, but I'm going to tell you what the Lord said to me. We are recorded. There was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And if they are lying for miles, not all of them are hearing what He has had to say and what He's done in the house. But here comes a man back down the same road that just a short while ago was being carried by four. And now he is carrying his own bed. And as he walks by, I think they say, hey, wasn't that the man that just a minute ago couldn't even carry himself? And they were carrying his bed, now he's carrying his own bed. Must be something about this man. Not the palsy, but that man down yonder in the house named Jesus Or maybe they had already had an experience with Him and needed Him to do something else and felt like giving up. And as this man come down the road, they realized this man has made it to Jesus. Them four men made it there. And if they can make it, if the Lord can do for this man, He can do for me. And even though Jesus was the preacher, did the preaching, the miracle that he did, this man was the message or part of Christ's message as he come walking back down the road different than he went up the road all because he met the Lord. And I think that's part of the trickle back effect that the crowd got to stirring and said, we ain't never saw it like this. A man come being carried by four and come back carrying his own bed. We ain't never saw it like this before. I'm going to tell you this morning. You may be the one carrying the corner that's about to give up. You may be the one on the bed. And you've got a problem. You've got to get to the Lord. You may be one in the crowd that's trying your best to get there and it seems like you can't get there. The Lord's told me this morning to tell you not to give up. Just carry on. Press on. Pray on. He's nearer than you think. And there's coming your turn to say, I never saw it on this fashion. If you need Him to help you this morning, He's available to help you. You might have come in the building feeling like you'd never get to Him. You might have come in the building this morning feeling like you could never carry your, carry your corner any longer. You may have come in the building feel like you were one of them miles down the road that everything else is happening for everybody else and it ain't happening for you. And the Lord let it dawn on you this morning all that other stuff has to be for your encouragement and exhortation that what He's done for them, He can do for you. You just need Him to help you. You need Him to do for you what you can't do for yourself. 
I'm going to tell you what my heart feels this morning and what my spirit's being told. I think this morning somebody or multiple somebodies have sat under the sound of my voice and you've heard about your corner getting heavy and you're experiencing it. You've heard about trying to get through and you're experiencing it. You've heard about feeling on, on the backside and never making it and you're experiencing it. And the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart just now. You can agree or disagree or fall out with me if you want to. I know what he said. He said, the Lord has cleared the way for you to come this morning. You can carry your load back out there and I'm not being mean. You can push through the crowd and fight and be weary and be burdened all you want to, but the Lord has cleared the way. And He said, if you need to come, now's the time. If you need to get rid of it, now's the time. If you need to get to Him, now's the time. He's made the way. Would you come this morning? Some have come, I believe. Maybe others need to between you and the Lord. But I know what the Lord said this morning.